I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. Here we are once again to dive into another film, give it the Glacé review treatment and share that all with you and throw it straight into years via whatever device you are listening on. But of course it's not just me wittering on, I have my partner in crime, Callum with me ready to dive into this film and give you his stark, honest opinion as always. Callum, how are you doing? Are you ready for another review? I'm well, yeah, I am well. I am, as always, recovering from a very heavy weekend. I was just saying off mic, we had a bit of an epiphany about how sort of I need to sort of start looking after my, my mind. Um, it's a very precious tool as well. It is, absolutely. I'd like to think so. Um, so, yeah, I had a lovely cultural day on Monday. I went to the Tate Britain, which was very nice. Um, what did you What did you take in? You got some William Blake stuff in there, which I haven't seen before, which was really, nice. really cool. Um, yeah, lots of stuff about aesthetic and art. Saw a lot of... Uh, uh, depictions of dead white men in um, red coats. Um, so lots of paintings of dead white men in wigs as well. Um, saw some lovely Turner paintings, one of my favourite artists, very good. I saw um, the Limpeth Rock thing, whatever it's called. I can't remember the name of the painting now. It's a it's a painting of Napoleon, and he's just kind of like stranded, looking into the looking into the distance, but not this. But he's got his back turned to the past. Nothing else remains but his own soul. It's all very all very bleak. But I saw that. That was really cool. Lovely. It sounds like a splendid way to spend the the bank holiday <laughs> Monday. It's all very, yeah, it really was. <laughs> just like maybe that assisted the epiphany. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I just had a re- realised I needed to yeah, look after my mind a bit more, I guess. Um, Have you got any other cultural outings lined up over the coming weeks? Um, I, I don't know. I should, oh, no, I have, actually. I've got, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to the Slam Dunk Festival at the end of this month. Nice. Which is, it, Rock on. Yeah, I'm going to relive my entire high school sort of um, illegally downloaded playlist catalogue. Um, <laughs> Who's playing? Uh, the Offspring are playing. Um, band called the Menzingers are playing. Although I only discovered them recently, actually. They're a great band. They're from, I think they're from Philadelphia, like a punk band from Philadelphia. Uh, another band called Sincere Engineer are playing. They're a punk band from uh, Chicago. Uh, Kids in Glass Houses are reformed as well. There you go. Especially for the uh, the festival. So that'll be fun. I mean, like my, my year nine self, like... Be bursting out. Yeah, absolutely. It's like sort of. It's gonna be quite funny to see four grown men in skinny jeans and winkle pickers, like (laughs) (laughs) singing, singing like sort of inoffensive indie music. Do you reckon they still have like the fringes? I hope they do. I I hope they do. It'd be it'd be fun, wouldn't it? Um, I might just might just print off a picture of myself from when I was in like year nine and wear that as a mask. <laughs> like yeah. the, 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 the dye the diamond stud and the sort of like the the bleach blonde tipped hair. It was a look. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Straightened wow. of straightened of course. 
Yeah, of course, mm. of course. Well, that sounds like a fantastic outing. If anyone's at the Slam Dunk Festival later on in the month, look, look out for Callum because he'll be there rocking on in his sixteen-year-old uh, <laughs> self uh, face mask. <laughs> but that's meta. That's, that's a weird statement, that isn't it? Like, <laughs> that's a weird statement. Sixteen-year-old mask. That's a a comment on time of. There's, there's there's some philosophical pretentious philosophical jokes yeah. made there. You'll be your, your own art installation, yeah. walking talking art installation at the Slam Dunk Festival. There you go. That's what you've got to look forward to later this month. Got it. And I look forward to hearing all about God it. God help us all. But Callum, we've got a film to review. Of course we have. We've always got a film to review, yeah. and we're going into a bit of a, an older film this time it's not a new release we did a few re- new releases recently but we're going back a little bit a lot to chat about today we've already been revving up beforehand but before we really get stuck into it Callum please can you share with me and the listeners and I said an overview of what the film is and what it's about Take it away. so we reviewed a film called the rules of attraction um this week uh it's been considered to be a bit of a cult classic, and it's based on um, Brace Nellis's nineteen eighty seven novel of the same name. Um, and I'm I I mean I I do like Brace Nellis's writing. I mean say what say what you want about his character, I do enjoy his his literature, which is kind of what drew me towards this film actually, because um, I'd never seen it before. But yeah, it's considered to be a bit of a cult classic. It's a two thousand and two comedy black comedy drama written and directed by Roger Avery and it basically follows the lives of these uh, students that attend a college called Camden College in New Hampshire and um, they're all trying to come to terms or trying to understand or trying to sort of like promote express or sort of like perform their general sort of ideas of what constitutes masculinity femininity um, sort of bisexuality, their sexuality, straightness, queerness, gayness, all the all the different things that you explore supposedly when you're in college, um, and it basically follows their lives and their sort of traumas whilst they're attending um, this fictional Camden College, um, and it's all centered around a party called the End of the World Party. So that the camera plays with time, it's there's moments where it goes backwards and forwards, and sort of like it mirrors the sort of structure of the novel in a way because the novel's very much like that. It sort of like goes backwards and forwards between different characters, different experiences, and somehow you're supposed to find a a a link or a, a sort of a an identifying factor between them all, so all between one's trauma potentially. Um, but yeah, like the it's all about sort of like narration, I think. The it's the film's about sort of how do you narrate narrate your own um, sort of adolescence or your own coming of age in a way, um, yeah. That's the rules of attraction, really. It it says a lot, but delivers very little. As the listeners will find out, this this was a particularly uh, um, it wasn't wasn't our favourite, was it? Well, thank you very much, Adam. Before I let you off yeah. your lead yeah. to really get stuck in, I'll give you my first thoughts yeah and the word that has been knocking around in my head over the last few days since watching it is unnecessary and why i say unnecessary is that i feel that from the filmmaker's perspective they thought let's pick this 
classic genre that represents a certain cultural time in America of like the American college film and let's subvert let's do something shocking let's do something different to to make a point and really put our stamp on it but my problem with it is is that I feel that the filmmaker feels like they've done something shocking and understand why they've done it and there's a real drive behind it but there's no substance to it whatsoever I don't feel is that the characters have got all sorts of issues but there's no real kind of redemption or there's nothing for you to cling to to get into them but the story itself and and the actions that take place there isn't anything there I feel that kind of adds to any through line or plot it's very much of how can we shock and how can we do it in an arty way which really um is discomforting uncomfortable for the audience and also ends in this whole kind of nihilistic view of okay here's here's the college archetype of American college experience but we're gonna say actually it's empty and as nihilistic at the um, experience which I think is a fine thing to do and say absolutely but I don't feel there's any kind of substance behind that I think they've got this vague idea in the head and they just throw a load of stuff at the screen and in the end of it it's like well what was that it doesn't say anything beyond those kind of brief moments of shock I feel like it's trying well too hard to be something. And I keep using the word shock because I think that's what they're trying to be, is shocking and almost pointless. Like, oh, the point of this is it's pointless. Fine, there's areas to do that in film, but it's like they've just picked that thought and thought, yeah, that's kind of vaguely what we're doing. And then you're not actually grab onto anything or any of the the characters of the story and and at the end of it like it was just a series of loosely related events that didn't really have much to them and uncomfortable yes that's a fine tool to use but uncomfortable in the way because I come back to the word at the beginning of unnecessary as things weren't used and the shocking tools and inappropriate tools a lot of the time weren't used to really make any points apart from play out this nihilistic fantasy of the filmmaker which really comes to no end and makes you really question the motives at the end of it so yeah not enjoyable to watch and gave me nothing afterwards (laughs) Callum scathing yeah no I agree (laughs) (laughs) agree with the scathing Um, yeah it was just a bit I mean, I, I, you know what? For the sake of balance, I'll start with one positive, and I had to really sort of try and find this. Like, I had to really look deep for it. I quite liked the sort of like, I mean, it had a budget of like four million dollars. I quite liked the sort of like, um, the like the indie sort of like reach of it in the sense that like, it's filmed in this sort of like surreal horror almost in its depiction of student life at Camden College. Like, there's a sort yeah. of, like, a... It's, it's, it's quite... There's quite a horrific sort of, like... If sometimes if for times I felt like the aesthetic of the movie was like a, I was watching a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Just because of, like, the, yes. sort of, like, the dark fog over the college, like, the, um, the, the sort of the almost empty college dorms. Um, 
and there's a psychological derangement as well yeah. to the main character. Like you mentioned this to me earlier, but like you know, if it's like a sociopath, that is a, a trope of horror, like a psychological horror. Is that yeah? And the sort of like the long shots staring down at the face of these people into the the. I mean, James Vanderbeek's character is like the the camera is spends a lot of time just sort of like staring at his piercing sort of like black eyes. There's like a there is a horror aspect to it there, which again I think could have been made more of, but it just isn't. Um, but I mean, the film didn't in any way compel me to even begin to to care, or even you know what it didn't even make me bother to hate the characters either. Because all the, I mean, all the characters are pretty insufferable. I mean, there's no redeeming features. There's nothing to hang your hope on in any any aspect of the actual system, and that's the point. That's the point of the novel. You're supposed to, and that's the point of the film. You're supposed to feel outraged. Well, not necessarily outraged, but sort of like, um, you're not supposed to find any redeeming features in the characters anyway. But it's just like, you know, I think it tries to be aesthetically profound. And it's just not like even the soundtrack doesn't match the emotion that's or the writing that's put out on display. Like the 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 set. It's like I feel like there's a guy who's like, who likes lots of different sort of things, and then he's put them all in together and he's thrown a lot of stuff at the wall and just and thinks that it all sticks and creates some sort of like surrealist kind of web narrative and it just doesn't I mean in terms of the filming I think the the director thought he was being interesting in the sense that like you know all these backwards camera shots the sort of the long sequences that are sort of like stretched out almost like a dreamlike state I quite liked that aspect of it not the backward shots the, the sort of the, not that aspect of it the actual long sequences the stretched out it was like you were like you were participating in sort of like a college dream but that's, but then that's sort of like juxtaposed with sort of like the the ridiculousness of the shock fetish that seems to run through it like there's a theme of promoting undeveloped shock for the sake of shock the shock factor it's like I don't it doesn't really serve any purpose other than the fact that you just think is this director and the writer are they have they written this stuff in there to genuinely shock you or do they actually find it some form of do they actually find it quite titillating and quite fetish like because I mean, there's the professor who basically forces his student to engage in sexual favours with him. That comes out of nowhere. It's undeveloped. Yeah. You know, there's the rape scene as well, which I think is really problematic in the sense that it goes on for blooming ages and it is almost like a dreamlike sort of scene. And it's all shot from a male perspective. It's written by a male. I just think it's just a bit... It's just really, really problematic. There's multiple characters attempting suicide as well that isn't developed. Like, there's a bit where... Um, the main character tries to hang himself because um again just and then also there's this, it's like a cocktail of trauma with sort of no real development and they, they all just kind of all these traumas just kind of hang there in the ether with no development and i think maybe it's trying to make a comment on sort of like how you know adolescents don't really know how to come con- sort of constitute or process this trauma but the problem is it's just done so unintelligently, and it's it's trying to be aesthetically profound, but it's just aesthetically shit. Thank you, and there's the oh, quote there of go. the episode. Thank there you very go. much. <laughs> yeah, good. thanks for the overview, um, initial thoughts there, Callum. Yeah, I mean absolutely, and I want to go back to what you were saying about it being a. 
bit kind of blurry of whether they're making a point or whether it's just fetishizing something. And I feel like it feels yeah. well more towards the latter because the the word or phrase that came to my mind was hypermasculinity. Yes, which definitely, definitely. Is okay, it's a theme to be explored in, in film, absolutely. And this is a setting to do so, absolutely. And the genre of the American Pie style college film has a lot to critique and has a lot of access points to dive into further and say, oh, actually, what's going on beyond this? What are the actual experience of this American college life, the education system, the the adolescent experience that we, we're fed um, of this American dream? So there's definitely a ramp into this that I feel this film starts off on. It's kind of saying, where are we looking into this? And there's a more horror version of it in the sense that it's not all this uh, perceived American dream extension for the college experience. But the absolute problem it has is that it's showing off these elements of hyper-masculinity, but it's not by any means critiquing them enough or anywhere near enough it might a little bit and what it does it absolutely goes from an exploration and a critique of this to an act of it to as you say a fetishization of it and you're not then watching what you feel you might be watching at the beginning as a critique or a a different perspective on this type of trope and that is linked with uh, hypermasculinity and other problematic traits in American films and culture like this. You're looking at a, an extension of it in even worse ways. So what is could have used these tools of horror and shock to actually make these big points and make you feel uncomfortable in outrage about against something that you should feel outraged about? You actually feel outraged because... It is propagating them. It's going even further into them in in worse ways. And I feel that's what's so uncomfortable about it. I feel the filmmaker feels like they're trying to make you uncomfortable in a, a way of shock to look at something from a different perspective. But the perspective you find yourself looking at is like, are the people who made this film just perpetuating the same horrible acts, actions and thoughts that are being played out in front of it? And I feel the very loosely throw about very serious themes like as you mentioned suicide and sexual assault with no real care of where they land or what they're doing with them and that's why it just feels all the way through and the further you get into it and especially at the end that it is uncomfortable for all the wrong reasons not for an artistic reason to make you look at something from a different perspective but to make you feel uncomfortable to make the situation worse and I feel that's the biggest visceral reaction I got to it was that I want to be shocked with a film to give me fresh perspective on something to critique something that has been long-standing that we should be critiquing but this just made me feel uncomfortable for all the wrong reasons and I feel that that's the problem with the film and for that that's why it's not a good film it's actively a bad film no yeah no i agree i was literally just going to come in before you said it actually on the um you know the performance of masculinity that exists in this film there's just no critique to it like yeah there's no critique at all and then like i feel like it, it missed an opportunity really to to critique those sort of those tropes i mean 
I just think that there's some great, there's some talent in this film that I just think was really just wasted in some mm-hmm. respects. Um, I mean, it focuses too much on aesthetic, I think. Um, and by aesthetic, I mean the sort of constructions of filming. There's too much sort of like um, obsession with what the camera's doing. And I think there's... Um, and and I think as a as a consequence of that, they lose the overall narrative arc of it. I think, um, I think Avery's trying to do something that he thinks to be um, profound and interesting with the camera, but the problem is, it's just the script is so just anemic in substance. I mean, there's sort of there's these sort of like very there's these soliloquies of sort of like that are included in terms of like sort of constructions of identity to like and they're they're sort of like peppered throughout but the problem is the way the characters perform their 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 gender it makes the writing redundant because you're too focused on how how sort of anemic it is in terms of its critique of that system and you know maybe 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 it's nihilistic in the sense that like there is no redeeming features of the American college system. Maybe that's the point that it's trying to make, but it doesn't. If anything, as you rightly say, it just kind of. I don't know if it glorifies it, it doesn't necessarily. There's, there's a fantasy there, element there is, to it. There is a fantasy element to it. It's like a fetish, isn't it? It's not. It's not a glorification. It's more of a sort of like a. Yeah, it's like a fantasy, like a like almost like a pseudo fantasy in a way. It's like, oh, look, 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 look at how look at this environment that everybody's in, isn't it? Isn't everything so? Isn't everything? There's the, no none of the characters care about who what they're doing. Um, there's this obsession with men masturbating throughout it as well, which again adds nothing to the actual movie itself. If anything, it just adds further evidence to the fact that it is just sort of like a male fetish. I mean, yeah, and there's like, oh, there's. It feels like the fantasy is look how terrible, nihilistic, and destructive this all is. Yeah. Whereas the point should be, no, look how bad the system is, and this is the shock. Is look at what the extreme version of this is and the shock is and as you say the point there is the nihilistic view of all right the american college system is hopeless is that if there's a valid point that the filmmaker could make but in the end it's not that it comes out as a a fantasy element of that's like oh the fantasy of it being horrible and like it makes you kind of like it makes you feel like the message is oh come and join us well there's no exactly and there's there's no tension in it is there is it there's there's no character to, to sort of like there's no sort of what's the there's no counterweight to it. It's like they're all they're all the characters are the same. They're all insufferable in some respects. There's no counterweight to sort of make you think why this is a problem. Um, it's just so unbelievably bad. And one I, of my big frustrations. I just want to pick this up before yeah. we just lose that that thread is that it begins and leads with a good premise or a few good premises one it, it of does what actually I just said it does actually yeah it does and, and what you the point you raised that 
it could very much be a a critique of the American college system and say, oh, look, all the acts in this film feel nihilistic and pointless and empty. That's the point. It is the, the critique of the American college system. Whereas, as we've just said, it starts with that but goes off into this fantasy element, which isn't a critique. It feels more like a, a welcome into the gang. But the other thing is the, the, the concept of the laws of attraction. I think... That's a very strong concept. It starts with is this internal discussion of, okay, it's not black and white, the human interaction of attraction, whether it be friendship, relationship, or anything in between. And therefore, this internal exploration of people's thoughts of how they come to different feelings, thoughts, actions, and then interact with each other in this setting of the college, there's something there because it is a exploring an inner world of um, a very human experience. But again, that then just veers off into this like mad fetishized fantasy of inappropriateness, horribleness, and doesn't do it in a critical way. It does it in, once again, the fantasy element. So my huge frustration there, on top of what I said earlier, is that it starts off with some solid premises for a film to give you something critical, but yet it just runs off into this mad fantasy of the filmmaker. Well, again, exactly. And the movie, the behaviour as well, like, it has, like, a fascination with it. It's like a... If, if it, it finds it sort of, like... It's like frenetically titillating. It's weird. It's a weird, weird movie, but not in any not not for not for in a good way though. Like, I mean, like I said, it's just I really, really dislike the sort of that fetishization of it. I think it could have it could have been so much more than what it was in terms of like what it was trying to do. It should have been. It should have. Yeah, been. it should have been. And it just, um, yeah. It was it was it was bad. I don't think it's just merely missed the mark. I think it's actively pushed pushed itself in a bad direction. <laughs> Which you you have to not just say, "Oh, fair dues, that wasn't my thing." You have to actively go, "No, that's that's not a direction you should be pushing a film in." I think um, I think this is quite this is. For some of our listeners, this might be a quite a cathartic experience for them, because usually, usually we're sort of either waxing lyrical about something or like having a uh, like a, a deep, a deep, a deep discussion. But now in this, this episode is just it's just a rant of how much we didn't like well, this movie. Well, when you've got a rant, you've got a rant, Colin, yeah, haven't you? And yeah. This has given us the means to rant, <laughs> right? Let's yeah. Well, rants do all have to come to Absolutely. an end. So let's get yeah. this wrapped up. Yeah, let's. Um, I'll give you my final thoughts, feelings, and then you can uh, round us off, Callum. Yeah. So, as I said, I don't think there's much more for me to add to where I've been throughout this review. But I'll go back to where I started, and it was unnecessary. But I think I've developed that throughout this chat now and, and felt the fire of actually dipping into it. And it, said it wasn't just unnecessary. It was it was a bad choice of direction for a film to go into. The only saving factor, redeeming factor for me is, as I said, it begins with good premises for a film. And mm. for that, I took away from it, okay, we have then gone into those and thought about how that should be explored and has made me think about that, that idea of, as I said, 
the title, The Rules of Attraction in itself is a good premise, and then also the American College system. They're two things, good things to explore, as made me think about that. But everything else in the film, just unnecessary. Like, even just the added violence of um, Sean Bateman and becoming a drug dealer and then the guys he owes money to. It's just like, there's nothing there just to add to this idea of him being a bit of a sociopath or add some extra shock into it all. But it, it doesn't add anything. And well, how can you add anything to nothing, really? But <laughs> it's when you've got nothing to add to it. But it is that. It's like there's so many issues with it from a filmmaking perspective. But just the biggest problem is, hey, you can disagree whether a film's made right or not from a stylistic perspective. But it's this whole element of it fantasizing and fetishizing this horrible sexually violent and highly inappropriate college experience it depicts in a very very um well i was gonna say loosely critical there's no criticality to it and borrowing a phrase from you there callum without any criticality it doesn't there's no criticality it should be and without criticality showing something shocking horrible and inappropriate is just that and then falls into the view of the filmmaker which is uncomfortable for all the wrong reasons and does not hit the mark on what it should do and I think is actively a bad film with bad choices depicting bad events and I mean I find it very hard to go right to the bottom of the the scale on my rating and I said the only saving thing for me is that the premise is there it's not just blindly it's not topics just blindly thrown at it that don't make sense, but it's two out of ten. It's a two out of ten. Callum, where do you stand? I mean, it's just anemic in all its critique, isn't it? It is it, I, what you said there though about sort of like a sort of fetishization of sort of like sexual violence, it is very much that. It's grim. Really horrible to watch, actually. Um, I wouldn't recommend. I'm gonna give it one out of ten. And I've never given a film one out of ten. There one you go. You've out had of it. ten. Sorry, Robert Avery and Brace Nellis, but it's just rubbish. Aesthetically, it, it, it I liked the sort of dreamlike horror work that it does with the with the camera. That's about it. But the problem was the rest of the movie was just so problematic. It was just that the experimentation with the camera was just made redundant, really. Yeah. I think it like that is it's actively pushed me down due to yeah. the content of it. And hey, the Glass A Film Club, we've panned it. I think that's the word we can use. It's been panned. It really has. <laughs> it has been panned by the critical press. Me and you. Well there we have it. <laughs> thank you, Callum. And thank you for sharing your views. As you said, it was it is satisfying sometimes when we find a film that does a, does not work for us. Yeah. And it's good to get out the system. Hey, it's not just one big field of roses this that we're running through we're finding all the films out there we're trying to go to different genres different styles and obviously today different qualities to really give you our thoughts and views but that's that Callum we've got plenty more films to dive into over the coming weeks months and dare I say years but until then Keep watching films. You keep watching films, Callum. I'll keep watching films. We've got plenty more to come. More conversation episodes. 
booked in, ready to chat, lined up to go. Look forward to those. Follow us on Instagram, the Glace Film Club. We're on there sharing not only updates about what we're reviewing, but little insights into our film lives, where we've been, cinemas that we like. Everything film-related will be on there. And of course, if you like what you heard, Apple Podcasts, please drop us a review, subscribe, same on Spotify, give us a follow. Muchly appreciated as we try and get the word out there and get more people into the Glacé Film Club because we do love chatting about film. But until next time, that was another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. We'll see you all later.